Welcome to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. I'm your host and the president of IAW, Megan Bizzuto. This show features amazing women from the IAW community who are climbing the corporate ladder and taking their communities with them. Are you ready to be inspired? Let's get started. Welcome back to Unlimited Horizons by the International Association of Women, our podcast where we feature amazing women from within the IAW community for conversations about their journeys and tips and advice for how you can overcome challenges in your own journey. My name is Megan Bizzuto. I'm the president of IAW and super excited that I get to host these conversations with so many incredible women. Today, we have Liz Nestorov joining us. She is the founder and CEO of Akiva Consulting, LLC, a company promoting personal and professional growth by providing consulting and business strategies for effective communications to individuals and businesses in central Pennsylvania. They also deliver grant management services, foreign language, and corporate image consulting by providing clients with exceptional one-on-one coaching and training. Eliz is a highly creative and results-driven professional with entrepreneurial passion, drive, and vision. She's also a certified grant writer and serves on many nonprofit organizations and membership organizations. Um, In addition to her role at Akiva Consulting, she's also the founder and president of the U.S.-Bulgarian Chamber in America, located in Washington, D.C., and director of development with MidPen Legal Services in Harrisburg. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. She's a Bulgarian-American lobbyist, consultant, and public figure in the state of Pennsylvania. Eliz, I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Hi, Megan. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to this very, very engaging and interesting conversation. Absolutely. So I also want to mention Eliz was recently awarded one of our Inspirational Influencer Awards. Um, She was in the Global Impact category. And we love the work that you are doing to impact the community. I think it's so important for women to, to show up and support surround ourselves with all that positivity and and give back where we can. So congratulations on your award. Super excited that, that you are a part of that. Um, now we have a, a great conversation lined up around personal branding image, the way we show up. And one of the things that we talked about before we started recording was this topic of professional authenticity. And I want your, I want your thoughts on what do you mean by professional authenticity? Absolutely. Um, let me tell you one thing. A lot in today's world, um, you know, when as women, you know, uh, we have this large network of uh, of groups of women that come together. A lot of times, you know, we we hear just about being authentic and bringing our whole set, you know, to the workplace or just you know creating that public image. But I think also, you know, when we're talking about being authentic and still being professional and developing that image, we should do it as, you know, professional authenticity, you know, with definitely a positive corporate image, what I would call. Um, there are a few, you know, characteristics, you know, to professionals when we look at the professional lens. And, you know, some of those are definitely taken advantage of each opportunity that we're presented. Uh, we always start by asking questions because that's when you know more about what your role or maybe the potential role is required from you. Dedicate yourself. So I cannot talk more about dedication because if you are dedicating yourself, you are 150% in it. That means you're going to go above and beyond of what is required. Um, definitely use your storytelling. 
I know with, uh, honestly, you know, when Ukraine-Russia conflict um, broke this year, we talked about how the president of Ukraine was utilizing storytelling just to tell the world, you know, what's happening. And that shows the power of our own storytelling as well. And then develop your persuasive powers. You have to be, and I'm going to mention, Megan, here, your recent book that came out. Thank you for putting, you know, the network to your power. And honestly, you talk about a few things of what I would call definitely a part of, you know, developing that uh, powers that we have. And we have to be persuasive in a way where uh, we're not just engaging at the workplace, but we, we got to make sure we're in the community. We got to make sure, you know, we are creating those authentic relationships. It's, it's very, uh, what I call some places that I've been, for example, we were in an event in Miami, and it was a drive-by event, literally, like they, you know, uh, hop from one event to another event, and maybe you can have in three hours, three events, that's really not creating any type of, you know, relationships. It's not really giving you the opportunity to establish those relationships. And then some of the qualities that I believe, you know, uh, we should have are caring, you know, being focused, definitely be helpful, be dedicated, like we already said, and committed. And with that, all of these characteristics to our professional image, I think come when we talk about develop, developing our credibility, building that trust account. The trust account that it's so important that it's gonna help us get to the next level, whatever that next level is. And this is, you know, as not just as a professional, but also as entrepreneurship in the corporate world, even being out there. You know, you, you said something about branding, right? Well. When you present somewhere yourself, it's all you. This this is your brand. So we have to make sure, you know, we what we say we do, because a lot of times, you know, I watch um, what it says in the business cards. There's web websites and uh, that we use, you know, as our professional business cards. But also, does our behavior, you know, live up to who we are? So we have to build that credibility. And that is with the trustworthiness, with the integrity. And I cannot tell you more since I've been involved with so many different groups uh, and community groups, especially. It is the, the trust, gaining the trust and building that reputation is so important. But that happens only if we approach them authentically. Uh, but also uh, just, just remembering that, you know, we have a lot to learn. And if something doesn't resonate with us, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad or good. It's just, it's not an experience we have. So right. we also have to be vulnerable. I love Brené Brown's, you know, there to lead. So I cannot talk more about being vulnerable and that leads us to be more courageous. Yeah. Wow. You just, you just covered a lot there. Um, so I want to, I want to step through some of that because I love what you said in terms of this, this professional authenticity and building the the brand around you, there's, there's, this, there's certain things that it's, it's how we show up, right? It's, it's, it's showing up every day and giving your all and committing to your actions. And no matter where you are in, in your career, or if you're on the entrepreneurship journey, paying attention to this can, can be, can be really helpful, right? Is it's going to help you get further in your career. Um, do you have any examples of how this has played out for people you've worked with or even in your own journey? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think for me personally, and then I'll, I'll uh, also uh, give you examples. 
Um, for me personally, it started with building the confidence. I think now I'm an immigrant, immigrant woman from Bulgaria who immigrated to the United States 20 years ago. I had a language barriers. So that meant that what was called a slang, there is no understanding until you get to the United States to understand exactly what sometimes people mean. Um, so it was kind of overcoming first the language barrier. And then the way I overcame the language barrier, being born and raised in Europe, we are exposed to so many different languages that it's kind of inevitable to not speak, you know, more than two or three or four sometimes, you know, languages. So therefore, I started, you know, practicing my German, my Russian, my Bulgarian by translating services. And as I was translating services, I also was learning English better. And that's how in 2006, I started building my confidence. And I was seeing that actually, you know, I can, although I'm very, very new in this country, I can give something back to my community, but I cannot do that until I get to a certain level. And that mm -hmm. meant building that confidence and having, you know, gaining what we talked about, the trust and the kind of, um, you know, the, the reliability, you know, of others in you. So I think, you know, as women, a lot of times we think that if we smile, um, depending on the country you're dealing with, I guess, but if it's smile, it's not a good thing, but actually you need to smile always. I've noticed that even if you're talking over the phone, they can still notice like on the other line that if you're not smiling or if you're in a bad mood, yeah. eye contact in this country, especially for the United States, eye contact is very important. If you maintain an eye contact, that means you are actively listening and you're engaged. If you not, if you're not doing that, that means you really are not, you're not really involved in the conversation. Let's just you know say it that way. But also, it's important the energy around you. I feel like if you develop that circle of positive energy, and that happens with a lot of um, different experiences, different people, organizations, you know, we come across in our journey. Uh, but they can sense and they can pick up on the energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, so one of the things I've noticed a shift with moving from traditional work environments in the office to being virtual environments, like you and I are on zoom having a conversation now. So I, when I have meetings with my team or meetings with anybody, I turn my video on because I, I think the moment I I'm guilty of this, the moment I'm not on video, I'm looking at my other screen or I'm looking at my phone. They're, the distraction, the distractions are all around. And so the same, I noticed that with other people, video is not on and suddenly there's a wall up and you, you have no idea, are they actually listening, right? Is there, are we, are we connecting on the thing that we need to connect on or are there too many other distractions going on? And I get multitasking is great. I know sometimes you can't, you can't show up and, and do everything. Um, but I'm personally, I'm, I'm very mindful of when I'm having conversations of other people, because I know <laughs> that if I, if I'm not on and, and paying attention here, I'm probably not really listening. And so true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the act of listening is so important when, when you are giving feedback or receiving feedback or working with a team or trying to collaborate, if you have people who are not completely in tune with that conversation. And so I think we all have to be really mindful of this. I'm a huge fan of virtual remote work. I am a, I, for me, it has supported my lifestyle in the way that I'm raising my family, but we also have to be really, really mindful that we're still 
being professional and showing up and listening and contributing. And it's, it's not just, okay, well, I'm going to hide back here and do whatever I need to do, but we're still, we still have to commit to engaging. Definitely. I think you're bringing a really good point, you know, with the remote work. I, I've come to a habit where if I'm going to have a zoom uh, or any type of, you know, virtual meeting, I put my phone on do not disturb. Mm-hmm. Just because I really want to be 100% of myself, you know, in that conversation, in that meeting. And also another thing, you know, as a seasoned fundraiser, uh, when we uh, teach about, you know, other folks about how to go about asking, making the ask, we always say, you know, you can start a conversation, but you need to be 20% of the time listening and let the donor or the potential funder explain to you what they're looking, you know, in that ask. Otherwise, you're going to, you're probably going to leave there feeling not good about, you know, the ask. Did you make the ask or were they listening? Did they really pick up on what you're trying to say? So we always say, you know, make sure you have, you know, you're an active listener, but also let them ask you questions and let them talk more. Yeah. As a fundraiser. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think as a fundraiser that, that also holds true for many other people who engage in conversations as part of their role. When the other person is doing the talking, you have the ability to take in so much more. You can really connect with what are their challenges, what are their problems, where are their issues, and where do they really need your support, right? And if you can tap into their pain points, you can you can walk away feeling like, okay, now I can I can make an ask or I can deliver something that's going to help you. <laughs> so, and you want them to feel good about themselves, right? If especially with fundraising, if they're giving you money, you want them to feel really good about what they're supporting. So exactly. And it, it has to be definitely donor centric, meaning that whoever you're having the conversation with, make sure they are the center. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if they've asked to meet or if you are pursuing any type of opportunities with them, uh, they, they have to get to understand that you are in there to support them. You mm-hmm. want to make sure you're catering to their needs, because to be honest, you know, a lot of people think in the community that, uh, it's just, you know, we have some funders, they write a check, they give you free money and that's it. But the reality is completely different and gift given to you, it's actually given to the mission of the organization that you are representing. We're going to take a quick break to talk about the International Association of Women. We talk a lot about the challenges women face, and we know that the best way to overcome challenges is with a supportive community by your side. The International Association of Women is here to support you throughout your professional journey. No matter where you're at in your career or business, IAW has the resources, tools, programming, and events to help you make progress towards your goals. This includes frequent networking events where you can show up authentically and share your ask with the community, a resource library filled with eBooks and templates, and monthly workshops and webinars that are geared towards helping you maximize your potential. Visit www.iawomen.com to learn more about the IAW community and how IAW will help you fast track your success. All right, let's get back to the show. So you, you touched on something that I want to circle back to, um, the topic of confidence and something we talk about a lot, because I think a lot of women struggle with confidence, no matter where they are in their careers. And you specifically point out your language barrier and how that impacted your confidence. I think that's key. Number one is identifying what's the root. Why, why are we not confident, right? Why, why are we having a hard time showing up or putting ourselves out there? Um, 
but I love that you said you practiced and you started using it. And that's, that's usually one of my number one tips is, well, you just, you have to practice, you have to start putting yourself out there, but when you can identify why you're having the confidence issue that helps step through it. Um, any other tips or, or things that you like to talk to around helping women be more confident? Absolutely. Well, definitely. Uh, you talked about role models, you know, you touched base, definitely create or find that positive role model, like a successful role model that you want to have some of their traits, maybe, but still don't lose yourself. Like, don't don't try to, you know, replicate that person because you still want to be you. Yep. There, you know, we all bring very unique strengths, you know, very unique qualities. So I think it's all about keeping them while we're excelling ourselves, while we're, you know, keeping to develop ourselves. So I think, you know, you can start building your confidence by having an attitude on gratitude, definitely. Uh, practicing positive affirmations. Uh, it, there's nothing, you know, better in the morning just waking up and seeing a positive affirmation because I guarantee, you know, nine out of 10 times, your morning will start pretty good. You'll mm -hmm. feel good about yourself. Practice visualization. I mean, uh, I think, and I have to admit this, since the pandemic, Megan, and we started working from home, um, I dress up on Zoom. Like I am like full with the heels, you know, with the makeup, <laughs> sitting at home, everything, because that image or the way, you know, I am dressed makes me feel confident. Although I'm virtually, I know how on the other side of the screen, you know, they will accept or see me. So definitely mind your negative thoughts. Try to try to kind of get away from those. Try, yeah. try to not really focus on the negative, but turn the negative into positive. Every time, you know, we talk about those challenges and how challenge can be turned into opportunity. And I'm very, very big on that because when I see a challenge, I see opportunity gap. It's not really, you know, in a negative way. Yeah. Um, make a decision today to change certain things. So wake up and just say, okay, starting today, it can be a new year's resolution, new year's is coming very soon, but um, just say, start with, I'm gonna start with the first step today. I'm gonna do one action. I'm gonna take one action on one item that I've been postponing for such a long time because due to, you know, not having the time, not having the motivation, but try to do that. And, you know, decide today, to me, it's very important. Who do you want in your network? Like, who are the people around you? Like, what is, you know, what is your environment? How, how do you assess that environment? Believe it or not, but even as uh, people, you know, as our, as our own individuals, we still have to do SWOT analysis. I'm very big on strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats because, you know, if I am in a circle where, okay, I'm bringing my whole positive myself, you know, my authentic self, my professional, my corporate self, and something is just not sticking. It just feels like I don't belong there. Well, I don't think I'm going to be there because yep. apparently my talent, you know, my vision, my qualities are not valued. So just, just look around you to just yep. do that assessment and definitely try to shift your focus, you know, focus on what's right versus what's wrong. If you see, cause we see a lot of things. I mean, I'm a big activist and advocate. And when I see something and I'm like, oh my God, I want to do something about it. And then I'm thinking, okay, advocacy could work or this, you know, there are certain steps to achieve things. And this is the country of opportunities. It's known for the land of opportunities. That's the, that's the global image of the United States. So just 
do something about it, you know? Yep. And if you need help getting there, talk to other people that could help you get there. Yep. Yep. I love what you said about, um, doing your SWOT analysis. Cause I think that a lot of times we, we think of SWOT and if you're not, if you're listening and you're not familiar with S W O T go look it up. Um, you assess strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and it's a tool that can help you no matter where you are in your journey. So if you, if you own a business and you're trying to grow your business, it can be really helpful for that. If you're in your career and you don't know where to go, it can be really helpful for that. Um, even for things in your personal life. So I love that you referenced this idea of continuously reviewing where we're at and taking action based on what you see, whether you like it or not. Right. And, um, I think you, you clearly are one to take action because you're very involved and there's, a, you're, you're, <laughs> you're involved in a lot of really great things, which is amazing. Um, I want to talk for one minute as we start to wrap up here, because you're involved in so much, I would love your perspective on balance and how you, how you determine where you're spending your time and energy and what's most important to you and how you balance it all. Absolutely. Um, it's a lot when you look at that I'm involved with, but if you, if you're doing what you're doing out of passion and you're mission driven, it doesn't feel like a job, then there, you don't have the hustle of waking up in the morning and saying, oh my God, I got to go to work. No, everything I'm doing is because I believe in the mission and I believe I can move the needle forward. And that's what I'm doing. But when it comes to, you know, uh, work-life balance, um, definitely after, certain times of the day during the week I would say after 5 30 6 o'clock I do put my phone on do not disturb and dedicate to family time uh weekends also or family time especially Sundays uh we're very active because I'm involved with my own community uh, the, you know the Bulgarian community there is some oh my god there's so many you know different groups but it's it's about, you know, also bringing your family to understand better what you're trying to do. So mm -hmm. I have two boys and I can tell you my seven-year-old just had his first exposure to community impact where I took him to this, you know, a really great legal aid event. And here is he, you know, with the, I am working for the community at seven years old, you know, trying to teach him to be activist. But I think it's important for our own children also to see what their parents are involved with, what their values, what are the morals, you know, what they stand for. And then yep. they're engaged. That to me, it's very important because I come from a working family where that's what I saw in my life. And it's very important. But the balance is needed because yeah. you don't want to go to burnout. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I love the tip of do not disturb on your phone because the the... Technology is great, but it can also consume us. And when you can clearly define, okay, this is family time. So this is going away. I think that's really important. And you have, you have two young boys, so it's important that you're there and spending that time together. But I also love that you're pulling them in and giving them exposure to the things you're doing, uh, because that's how they learn. Right. And that's how they become interested in, in supporting as well. Exactly. It's for me, I'm very big on, developing that global mind view, uh, exposing them to different cultures, because I personally, I'm involved with different cultures and just developing that view that I know, unless they travel, they're not gonna really experience that. But if, you know, we're taking them to events where they can taste Indian food, they can go to a Japanese show, or they, they have that experience now, they have a little bit touch of it, but they've seen other culture. So yeah. 
I share that same parenting, um, view. I, I do the same thing with my kids. We, I grew up in a very small town in Ohio and I didn't, I moved when I was 15 and that sort of opened my eyes to, Oh, there's more than life than just here. And since then I've lived overseas. My, my oldest daughter has lived in uh, Shanghai and Dubai. My second child was born in Dubai. And I, I want my children to have, now we live in the U S but they have this, this global view and they've traveled a lot, but they also, they're very interested in learning. So it's not just having to go travel and visit a cool country and see what's there, but also the meeting friends in the neighborhood and learning about their cultures and their religions and their backgrounds and beliefs. And it gives them that, that global perspective, which I think is really, really important. Oh, that is so, um, it's amazing. I mean, you just said Shanghai, Dubai, two of the, you know, most you know, <laughs> developing and fast forward developing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. countries. And uh, I can only imagine, Megan, so I, I envy you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was a unique experience, right? But I think to your point of this, as we raise this younger generation, giving them that view of there's, there's more to the world than just what's here. And I can tell that you're very connected to the Bulgarian community where you are. And I think that's really important. The holding on to that culture, but also showing that there's, there's other, there's other cultures and there's other things to learn about. And I think when we connect and we learn and we engage, that's where we're able to build communities that are really supportive of each other. So it's, it's like I uh, attended, um, I do a lot of work uh, for legal services around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And, you know, when I first came to United States, everybody used to refer to United States as the melting pot. Mm-hmm. And then, as we know, words evolve. We continuously add new words and new descriptions, explanations. Well, today, at least, you know, for the past six, seven years, it's not the melting pot anymore. Now it's the salad bowl because, mm-hmm. you know, with the melting pot, it's kind of like a silo assimilation. But the salad bowl, you keep your flavors. Mm-hmm. Meaning that we all can learn about each other, have a yep. very good mutual understanding and just kind of, you know, be that unified community, bringing our own, you know, cultural traditions and uh, uniqueness, you know, our yeah. heritage. So yeah. that, I value that a lot. And I feel fortunate uh, because this is... Mm, this country has at least 80 languages that are spoken mm-hmm. and it's very diverse. I think, you know, it's very, very diverse. We're in, yeah. the, top 10. We're in the top 10 of the pop- most populous countries in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, it's, I think we can all learn so much from each other when we connect and, and share, share those different stories and, and cultures and, and viewpoints. And that's how, that's how we become a stronger community, right? It's that, that open sharing and the open conversation. So, um, Eliz, as we wrap up here, I want to say thank you for joining. Um, if you can share, uh, just quickly how our audience can connect with you and the, the services that you provide through Akiva consulting. Sure. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, Elise Nesterov, definitely. Uh, AkivaConsulting.com, uh, there's a website as well. They can connect there as well. Uh, but the services, uh, like you said, uh, Megan, in the beginning, you know, definitely developing that effective communication for corporations, but also for individuals. So I think, you know, it's very important in today's world to, even when you send an email, you want the email to send the right message, you know, yes. you want to be. but also I want to say, Megan, that 
the International Association for Women is such a welcoming community that I cannot, I mean, recently, you know, we got together with mm -hmm. for the uh, inspirational influencer, you know, uh, event, but I see, I, I feel so welcomed and everybody's so open that it's a joy to honestly be a member of that community. And mm -hmm. I sincerely, wholeheartedly mean that because now I feel like I, I am establishing a lifelong relationships, especially, you know, here on the East Coast with some of the chapter leaders. Yep. And this is amazing because they yeah. can together and support each other. And that's, that's really the, the feeling we strive for, for IAW. We want it to be that welcoming. Anybody's welcome, no matter what your challenge is or what you're celebrating, we're here every step of the way. I think it's really important for women, especially to have supportive environments and you can find, you can find community everywhere, whether it's local or national or global. Um, IAW is one of those communities. And I, I, appreciate you sharing that you feel that way because that's, that's part of our brand. That's what we want. That's, that's, that's how we want it to feel. So knowing you feel that way means a lot. Thank you. Absolutely. I can attest to that. And all my network and friends that know me, they know that <laughs> <laughs> is saying that definitely, you know, so uh, I welcome and encourage definitely other women to, to join and make sure they utilize mm -hmm. all the benefits because it's just amazing. I am part of many organizations, but this is one that I think I want to keep for life. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what a fun way to wrap this up. Uh, for those listening, thanks for tuning in. Definitely go follow Elise. You'll find all of her links and resources in the show notes as well. Uh, reach out to her, connect if you have any questions. Thank you for listening. And we will see you back here again next week for a new episode. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at www.iawomen.com.